This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning, you're listening to The Property Show on the Morning Run. I'm Sim Weeboot. Studies have shown that on average, a person spends about 90% of their time indoors. The US Centers for Disease Control and Prevention has said that the odds of catching COVID-19 indoors were about 18 times higher than outside, mainly due to the lack of sunlight and open-air ventilation. In light of this, many experts have called for better ventilation and improving indoor air quality in our buildings. In fact, the government of Malaysia is due to unveil a comprehensive guide on this soon. Joining me on the show today to give her take on this issue is the Associate Professor Datin A.R. Dr. Norwina Nawawi. She is a Senior Academic Fellow and former Associate Professor at the Department of Architecture with the Kulia of Architecture and Environmental Design at IIUM. She's also the Co-Chair for the Persatuan Architect Malaysia's CSR Committee. She's had a long and illustrious career specializing in architecture, healthcare, and public facilities, from teaching to building hospitals and other related practices. Good morning, Dr. Nowina, and welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you. Let's start off with the topic of today, which is ventilation. Maybe you can talk to me. Why is ventilation important in indoor spaces, especially in the context of COVID-19? You can see in, in this view, everybody, you know, when we design something, we, we design with health as the center part of, our, of the spaces in any um, accommodation, whether it's home or office. With COVID-19, and we are asked to stay home. And perhaps there, there that's where uh, the information or the, the holistic view of, of what is content of the home becomes a point of focus. So this is where a lot of uh, guidelines given about indoor air that it has to be to meet just to for health reasons. And then there are also, of course, there's another one about um, I think productivity and comfort, which comes also in like so it is it is connected. So it, it's not just about uh, why you have to have it indoor, but then again, when you talk about indoor, it has also linking to the outdoor air. So you have the indoor air clean or to a, a level of acceptance, it has to have or extract from from outdoor. There must be a regulatory, there must be some flow of air. Regulation is not about this segment air, it's about having air that is drafted through and processed in a way that it has to have those fresh air in. When you talk about fresh air, we talk about air from outside. But then, what kind of quality of air do we have outside? So it has to have a bearing uh, what's inside and outside. And within inside, we have other things that goes that mix with the air inside the, the building. Like, for example, the materials that you have put up, you know, upholstery and so on. Because when the building is actually commissioned for use, it's still empty unless it is designed with both ends. As an architect, how do you approach this thinking? It sounds like it's not just about building a space with open windows. I'm sure there's a lot more considerations to build a building with good ventilation. Yeah, maybe from the design point of view, when you got a job, whether it's home or office, there is a purpose, there's a functional purpose. So we design according to the, to the function of, of that facility. If it's going to be a flexible, for example, you say multi-purpose spaces, then we have to design for the maximum flexibility of that space that can be used for, for whatever reasons. 
of course, there are guidelines or there are some code of practice, which is more to best practices that each professional has to actually abide to. For buildings, we have this uniform building bylaws, which is mandatory, which is part of the Street Drainage Act. And again, all this guidelines is a minimum requirement, meaning you are supposed to be designing much, much better than that minimum requirement. So with these minimum guidelines that we've had and not mandatory, you know, how do you rate or view buildings that we have mostly now in Bang Valley, Malaysia? In terms of the ventilation, you know, do we have buildings with generally good ventilation or bad ventilation? Okay, if you talk about commercial buildings, some insist on having some like a star rating that talks about natural ventilation, sustainability, it's all in that. Uh, there was a study done by I think UPM lecturers. They did a number of shopping malls within just the Klang Valley. Uh, I think more than 100 over uh, shopping malls and they zoomed to about six. And uh, the finding is that this mixed mode can really like you have both natural and also mechanically ventilated for air conditioning. It's not 100%. So you, you can actually do that. And But of course, the design is different uh, in different location based on the local requirement or of that con- the context. There are ways and means of, of getting to this kind of, of uh, design that can, can meet that requirement. But again, collectively, what was originally proposed in the design may, may change through time. What about office buildings? Okay, office buildings, again, uh, if it's not designed for natural ventilation, meaning they may be de- designed very deep, you know, because for example, you're right in the city centre, you may not have the luxury of having windows or views. You have to create an artificial ventilation to allow for this. And uh, if you're clever enough, you may have to have an air well within your your design. Of course, this does work ventilation, but of course, if you go psychologically, you also need to have some views. All right, but um, uh, this is where the, the condition system has to be uh, um, selected accordingly. Normally, people think not just about cooling. It's not about cooling. It has to be some uh, air change. Okay, that's taking place. So, oh, and the client has to be very specific, you know, about some areas where they, you know, the kind of capacity that they're going to have. When I, I do hospital, we go room by room to explain uh, or to, to discuss with client how many people will be in those spaces. So that, uh, the amount of air that is put is enough, is adequate. Yeah, so, okay, I want to talk also about, you know, kind of like the capacity and the different kind of systems in consideration. I mean, you know, I think according to the size Mm. of the indoor space that you are considering from a shop lot to Mm. uh, office building to maybe bigger commercial spaces, I mean, Mm. how does the ventilation and the AC system change along the way? I guess, you know, if you're talking about like a shop lot, most would say maybe just... A, st- a standalone AC and some open windows, but as we go up the scale, what what are what are kind of like the factors that play into the type of ventilation and AC that we need to put in? Single story or double story kind of shop, then it will be not not as bad. The requirements of the fresh air but ten percent, you know. And, but the thing is, when you have the shops, and then you see the, the facade is being covered up, they seal up space so you may need another system that has to compensate for the loss of uh, fresh air that you get from the natural ventilation you can still have the air well or you can still have the roof 
to actually uh, gauge and get the cash. Yeah, but when you talk about high rise, there was there's a problem about because of other hazards, for example, you know, like um, fall or uh, too much of draft if you do a natural ventilation um, per se. So that's where air conditioning comes into place and most of the windows are, are, are sealed. I think Singapore architect under Woha, they did a study around the house about having um, a, a vertical ventilation, which is placed at the window. And it is uh, it is horizontal, but vertical. They have like a slot uh, at the window to seal. So that even though you have rain, torrential rain, but you can have air coming from below to that perforation at the window. So, and, and, and they won an Agahan award for that. And uh, so, and it can put in high rise because it is still safe. It's still, uh, you, it's not openable in the sense it's, it, it, there are perforation. The, the air can come from inside, uh, from, from below, basically. So how do we evaluate good ventilation? What are the checks that we can make, you know, when you walk into a building and be like, okay, this place has good ventilation? Okay, there are techniques now. I think now we have all the sensors coming into view. We have, they call it uh, CO2 sensors. But of course, it, not in Malaysia yet. Uh, we have one. I think they just uh, bring up in, in Belgium and Europe, and uh, maybe 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 some buildings here also. Because we are we are here from my architect's friends that they are sensors that tell about what the number of people that is occupying and you know, whether it's safe or not. And it will have a beep sound if it's too much, so meaning it's not fresh. But of course, like us um, for normal home. If you are feeling drowsy, you're feeling that there is something not very uh, comfortable, not very good in that in, in that area or in that space that you have been staying in. But of course, uh, common sense is if, if the space is designed for five, you have more than, say, 20 in there, and surely it's created. So that common sense, there are something that you can, is, it is a comprehensible. Okay, in terms of uh, the, the, the signs from the, the disease, you have to sign or smell. It, it can create like headaches. Um, there are a lot of, of health uh, elements that, that goes into there that can give you indicator, as human indicator. All right, we're going to take a short break for some messages. Stay with us, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're tuned into the Property Show on the Morning Run. I'm Sim Weeboon and with me today is Associate Professor Datin AR, Dr. Norwina Nawawi. She is a Senior Academic Fellow and former Associate Professor at the Department of Architecture for the Kulia of Architecture and Environmental Design at UIIUM. Uh, we're here today talking about ventilation. Doctor, I want to ask now, so according to WHO guidelines, you know, in non-residential settings specifically now, to improve on your ventilation with this context of COVID-19, you know, they recommend the use of a standalone air cleaner with HEPA filters, stand fans, installing air extractors, opening windows when possible. I mean, you know, these are recommendations on how to improve your building's ventilation system. But with all these, these installations and everything, it, it does sound expensive, you know, especially when you think about a regular shop lot or regular building. Okay, I think go, go back to the earlier questions when you talk about how do we design. So when we design, it's going back to basics, meaning current uh, shop lots or, or office has to go back to how it was originally designed in terms of the intake of fresh air. If they have sort of blockage, this, I think the simple is this, to remove whatever blockage they have done could be the, the, the cheapest way. 
But if, say, they have walls already uh, done up, then they may have to invest in those standalone HEPA filters okay, within spaces. Because if it's, for example, the design of, of spaces were very, very deep inside the room, uh, you may have individual HEPA filters required. But again, depend on uh, the use. What is the function of, of that space? So I think it, generally you may say, yes, it's very expensive. But if you drill down to the individual usage, it, even timing and so on, perhaps you can prioritize. Or even, even WHO also gave a, a guide, actually, uh, on which you, all of you can actually try online. It's, it's, a, it's in a one-hour course on transmission. It's about how this COVID that it can be transmitted and how can you prioritize where ordinary people can actually think how, how best to do in that situation. So your question about expensive, it has to be actually look it into thoroughly by maybe um, by the or their own, I'm sure you have a maintenance group within each of the uh, corporation that, that studies on, on this. And other thing is, which I forgot to put in, is the maintenance. So if the maintenance of the ventilation system is, is regular accordingly, then they shouldn't have any problem in, 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 in this as well. Okay, but what about resi- in a residential setting? A recommendation, again, back to opening up, back to the fresh air coming through, uh, lessen the number of pollutants that, that create uh, pollutants uh, like carbon dioxide coming from finishing. But you see, I think an yeah. issue that a lot of Malaysians are faced with uh, now, especially you know when it comes to living at home, is some of our spaces are too small. How then do you maybe improve the ventilation instead of just opening windows? But sometimes the windows might be too small, I'm not so sure. You know, if you look at the old, old houses, especially the one designed with, by the British, they have chimneys. We thought that, you know, why do we have chimneys in Malaysia? We do not have cold weather. But actually, those are actually designed to, to take the air out from, from within the house. So uh, and now it's, it's, not, uh, it's not continued to be, to be designed that way. So there was suggestion that, that maybe we could use the staircase. If it's a double-story building or, or even apartment, you can use the staircase as like a, a stack up if you cannot have it uh, indoors. I mean, meaning your corridors are also used as part of the, the, the ventilation. So it has to be looked uh, uh, in, in the configuration. How best can this be looked? In fact, even in town planning itself, so meaning you just cannot just look at the building per se, you have to look in totality where it is located, whether it's next to a field, green field, or the forest, or is it dense in the city center? So it has effect. And this is going to also relate to the climate change and the carbon footprint. The government is planning to release a guideline. Uh, we don't know when it's coming out yet, but you know, if you could kind of like give some insights, what would you like to see out of these guidelines? Okay. When government put, put guidelines, we have, we have no idea what exactly, of course, but we have come up with a proposal to have in holistically, you know, not just micro, it has to be also in a macro in terms of health and safety. And thermal comfort. So, because the human is about comfort, that's why they, they put air conditioning in the home and they feel that it is okay when it is just a, a, a split unit when there's no uh, fresh air coming in. So, 
uh, we would like to see it in a bigger picture and towards the microscopic in each individual spaces because some movements, you cannot say you can focus into one and it will not affect the other. We are trying to get our sort of guideline for built environment with, with the government. We're still trying to see how we can design um, uh, our built environment resilience to any pandemic, not just COVID-19. Yes, of course, but these are not mandatory. These are just guidelines. Do you think that maybe the government has intervened and maybe enforced it as a regulation, especially on ventilation following this pandemic? Right. So when you talk about, about a guideline, and it has to be done through local authorities because that's where drawings or works are being submitted. And the Uniform Building Bylaw is mandatory. And whatever um, guidelines... Or which is non-mandatory before can be include, included in those in the UBL to make it part and parcel. There are other ways also. If, they, so if the government can do that, if back to government's will, but the client themselves, so the client can actually include that as part of the design requirement. And of course, the professionals will have to follow the requirements as part of the contract. And again, there must be include it must include the maintenance of it. Because no point from the start you have a, a good uh, system, but it is not maintained. So, so I hope the guideline that the government is coming up with will include also the maintenance. Finally, what other considerations do we need to think about when coming up with future pandemic-friendly designs for offices, commercial spaces, and homes? Okay, I think the carbon footprint and the climate change, because it's all about human comfort against what is given back to the environment. Okay, we have to go back again to the history about spaces designed for natural ventilation. So all spaces should be designed first for natural ventilation and then only uh, add on as, as an additional air conditioning. But of course, again, back to whether it's, it's single-story, double-story or high-rise. So there, there are areas that needs to be looked into. But I'm concerned on this the ceiling height, which is now the, the bylaw is giving minimum height, just, just about three, three meters. We may have to go higher if we want to allow for natural ventilation because otherwise, not only you cannot even have a natural air coming through, you cannot even, have, cannot even put your fan on to create the air. You can have the fan and you can have the air conditioning so the conditioning is just to cool the air, but let the, the fan to do the work, the dissipate the, the air throughout the space. It costs less, and then it will not also endanger the environment. When you say more natural ventilation, do you mean like with more windows or more holes so that the outside air can come into the house? Is that is that what you mean? Okay, guidelines, we cannot be very specific. We just say, we need to have natural air, but how the design is done is up to the designers. Whether it's a perforated wall, whether it has you know uh, openable and closed as it as it likes, uh, whether it's huge windows or whether it has you no know, slits. You no, know, last time we have bottom slits and upper slits in, in on walls so that uh, air can come in and then go up. You know, because air rises. So the design has to be based on the designers how they would like to do it. But the, the, the concept, it has to be, it has to flow. It has to flow through and it, it has to be able to capture all these dead, dead ends so that no stale air remains. Because this stale air will have, will harbor virus or bacteria or even fungus 
and it will not move. And again, uh, spaces has to be able to be rich, to be maintained if you are using mechanical means. What I mentioned about natural in part of design is more to passive design. So passive design is something that you do, we design it from the start. You don't, you don't have to do anything anymore except for areas where you need to, uh, like for example, you have louvered windows, you have to open and close. So if it's mechanical, that means what? It's air conditioner, uh, fan, and your yeah. Mechanical means anything that you use that you use mecha- mechanical means. So it can be fan. Yes, fan is mechanical ventilation. I mean, it's it's added to help to to move the air. You have exhaust exhaust fan, which you normally put in toilets or kitchen. And then of course the, the air conditioning itself. And air conditioning, there's so many many types of air conditioning. Uh, you have to of course. To refer to the mechanical engineer, if, if it's a big, big, big project, but if it's just a home, uh, you have to read whether there are four rating, a four star rating, five star rating, which is actually uh, given under the MS one five two five for non uh, residential and one of MS one two eight zero six for residential. There's, there's a lot of guidelines given in the market. That's all for today's property show. Thank you for being on the show, Dr. Nomina. All right, thank you. I'd like to say thank you to my, all my friends who give me the input. <laughs> <laughs> that was Associate Professor Datin A.R. Dr. Norwina Binti Nawawi. She's the Senior Academic Fellow and former Associate Professor at the Department of Architecture for the Kulia of Architecture and Environmental Design at IIUM. I'm Sim Weeboon signing off for the morning run. We have the 10 a.m. News Bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise BFM 89.9. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.